I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Long bottom leaf. The finest pipe made in the South Farthing. It's perfect. One oh. barrel each. Wait. Do you think we should share it with Treebeard? Share it? No. No. Dead plant and all that. Don't think he'd understand. Could be a distant relative. Oh, I get it. Don't be hasty. Exactly. <laughs> Welcome to Syndicate, a film and TV podcast. From our screens to your watch list, we gather to share and discuss your next favorite. Join us as we want you to spend less time scrolling and more time watching. And now, here's your host, Armand Haddad. Hello and welcome to another episode of Syndicate. I am your host, Armand Haddad. This season, we are exploring the cinematic adaptations of love stories. Today, we are looking at the film adaptation of The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers by Peter Jackson. But before we set off to Mordor, I am joined by a returning guest, Carla Giacalone. Carla, welcome back. Hello. Thanks for having me back again. Yes, thank you for taking time off of trooping with the 501st and <laughs> podcasting with WSTR Galactic Public Access. Welcome back to the show. Always a pleasure to be here. Yes. So we are talking about The Two Towers today. So last time Mm -hmm. we were talking about The Fellowship of the Ring, and I will say during that time, it was a bit interesting because we are in the midst of a pandemic and we're talking about this movie that brought us hope. And then now we're in a very different position in life where we are coming out of the pandemic and the world is opening back up and now we're watching the two towers and i just find it interesting that the message of hope still resonates in a completely different context of life that we're in right now mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah i mean ho- hopefully we're coming out of this thing it's things are still a little a little rocky you know you hear the news right. about all these these variants now and um I know uh, they're talking about, you know, putting masks back in place, even if for, you know, people who are vaccinated. But um, yeah, yeah, it's definitely funny how these movies have mirrored or, you know, kind of paralleled with a lot of things that are going on, um, you know, on planet Earth (laughs) today. (laughs) Um, Yeah. yeah. But like we were saying, you know, with The Fellowship, Fellowship, a little bit of a lighter film. Um, And Mm -hmm. now with The Two Towers, you're getting a little little heavy. It's getting into the nitty-gritty stuff. Oh, yes. Yeah. Most definitely. Yeah, you definitely feel the tonal shift between the first film and then the second film, mm-hmm. like right out of the gate. Because not to get too far ahead before a certain pitch, um, but it's just interesting that the film opens with the battle in the minds of Moria from a different perspective. And it shows Gandalf literally descending into the darkness, Mm -hmm. just like with this film that we're fully going into the dark side of the story. Yeah. 
And that open, like that shot of him falling mm. with the Balrog into the water. Oh, it's just, it's beautiful. It's just probably is one that, of my favorite parts of the movie. That right is water. Bat. You know, since I was a kid, I think I noticed it was water now. But like when I was a kid watching it in the theater, I thought it was a sea of golden coins, like smog. Really? Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> because they're, they're in a mine. They're mining, right, I assume, right, right. precious metals. So I don't know. I thought it was a sea of gold, like, you know, ducktails or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then I always wondered, like, if they fall into this giant pool of water, mm-hmm. then he ends up back on the mountaintop. So I'm like, wait, how did they end up from there getting back up to the top? Because he defeats the Balrog at the top of the mountain. Right, right. That is true. Well, it is a dream sequence. True. By Frodo. So maybe it's out of order. Maybe it's like a a generalization of what happened after that event. Or it's just in his head a fantasy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because then he abruptly, you know... He wakes up and then Sam, you know, little Sam voice, <laughs> everything. Right. Are you okay, Mister Frodo? You know, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, Sean Heston, <laughs> what a, what a guy. <laughs> so I do have to ask Carla. So I asked you with the first film, how did you first encounter the story of the Lord of the Rings? Well, let me ask you, did you watch the Two Towers in cinema? I sure did. Was it amazing? Because I watched it in <laughs> cinemas too when it when it came out. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, you saw the fellowship and then it was great how they were able to line it up consecutively, like year after year. So unlike, you know, like Star Wars or I don't know if Harry Potter was consecutive with the releases, but, you know, like you have to wait all this time or like the Marvel films. and You're like, oh, I can't wait. Whereas with (laughs) this, it was you knew like next December. Oh, man, like we're going to see the continuation of this story. Mm -hmm. So I was like super pumped like just (laughs) so excited to be like seeing you know what was going to come next and i had not read the books at that point um it wasn't until i after seeing the two towers i was like oh okay i'm gonna i'm gonna pick these books up and and read them because i was in middle school at the time oh it was so good so good so you went in with no spoilers and did it live up to your expectations as a middle schooler watching Uh, it a thousand percent. I mean, like, <laughs> I think with all three of them, I can't even tell you. Well, Return of the King was probably the most, but like, I can't even tell you how many times I went back again and again really? to rewatch them. Yeah. Wow. My aunt, she's like my my Middle Earth buddy. She's the one who like really got me into it. So we okay. would just like even up until like the very last day of like, you know, showings, we would find like you know, the most like random theater in like the middle of nowhere. It's like this mildewy, dusty theater. Yeah, yeah. Um <laughs> and we would go and watch it like as many times as we could. Wow, that's interesting. Yeah, I've only seen it once in theaters. I think the movie that was like the first time I was like, Oh, I gotta go back over and over and over was The Dark Knight. Oh, okay. That started my O C D gotta go back fifteen times to see him. <laughs> yeah and we actually um i mean this wasn't until like obviously like years like maybe almost 10 years after you know the three films the trilogy had been released they did um a concert series of the movies oh my god and it was at the lincoln theater in new york city um Mm. and they did fellowship two towers return of the king and of course, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I got to see, like, Return of the King. But the tickets sold out. And then I was like, all right, if not Return of the King, let me try for Fellowship. Fellowship was sold out. And Two Towers was the only one left. So I'm like, all right, obviously, I'm wow. not going to, like, you know. Um, so my my aunt and I and one of my best friends, uh, we got tickets. And it's the symphony, mm-hmm. um, the orchestra playing the score. But they, like, remove the, the music from the film. And they yeah. play it live as you watch the film. And like, oh my God, I just got goosebumps just thinking about it. Like those movies are emotional to begin with, but like when you sit there and you hear the, oh, yeah. the score being played live, like, oh, like I'm getting, so I'm getting a little teary. I just think about it. Like certain, because there's like, 
there's so many powerful moments of music Mm -hmm. in the two towers specific like the whole score as Mm -hmm. you know is just amazing you know howard shore is brilliant but with the two towers like there's so many moments i feel like with the two towers that stick in your mind with the score um so Mm -hmm. to see that played out live oh it was just on unreal i hope i hope they do that again sometime i mean well, let me tell you, I have a story for you. Oh, Speaking boy. of that, <laughs> so here in Illinois, we have something called Ravinia, which is like this outdoor music festival where they have like a series of like different like composers come, and it's like all outside. You can bring wine. Uh, there's like an orchestra pits auditorium section, but it's like this huge campus uh, that you could like sit around, have a picnic, and listen to beautiful classical music. So let me tell you, I went because they did a series on the Lord of the Rings and they did that exact thing where they had the movie on and then the full orchestra um, underneath it playing the music as the movie's going and it was incredible I saw the fellowship only nice and oh my god it was incredible seeing like having a massive crowd like that yeah having like live music played before you it's quite a almost divine experience right like, cause yeah. like, you feel like you're like in the movie and like listening to such beautiful music being played right before you. It's, it's incredible. Mm-hmm. Did they have the, um, like the chorus too? It's been a few years, but yeah. Cause I, I can, I can only imagine like hearing, um, the theme of the, the Nazgul with the choir <laughs> sing, like, oh, it's just, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> you're right. It is like a, yeah. like this divine moment where you're mm-hmm. just yeah music has a special only music can really capture us that you know emotively where like mm-hmm. you know you can watch like a beautiful movie you can listen or see an awesome speech but like music being played before you it's like oh my god it's so yeah. amazing yeah and side notes chicago symphony orchestra also did the star wars original trilogy okay yeah symphonic with the movie in the background and i went to I think just Empire Strikes Back for that. And it was amazing. Yeah. yeah. This is before the pandemic too. Yeah, they did that. Um that I think just before everything shut down, um, they had just wrapped up over here, the New Jersey Symphony Orchestra. Um, they mm-hmm. did the same thing, A New Hope, Empire, and Return of the Jedi. And they had planned to do Force Awakens and The Last Jedi, and then everything right. had shut yep. down. Because I bought my tickets for The Force Awakens, because I like that one. And then COVID yeah. changed everything. I got my money back, thankfully. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, please get yeah. my money back. Yeah. <laughs> but going back to the Lord of the Rings, Carla, before we go any further, you know what time it is. Oh, gosh. <laughs> it's time for some elevator pitches. <laughs> please stand clear of the closing door. <laughs> uh, for those that don't know, if you're selling a movie on a friend, you really only have 60 seconds to do so. So here on Syndicate today, we're going to simulate that by putting 60 seconds on the clock. Carla, I need you to pitch me the two towers by summarizing the movie within one minute. Are you ready? Okay. I think so. <laughs> All right. Good luck. <laughs> we're going to start in three, two, one, go. All right, so we are continuing our story from Fellowship. We've got Sam and Frodo still on their way to Mordor. Um, They meet up with this gangly creature, Gollum, who's like, hey, I can show you the way. And Sam's like, sure, but you're kind of sketchy. So we follow (laughs) them through their journey um, through the movie. Then we have Aragorn, Gimli, and Legolas, who are in pursuit of Merry and Pippin, who are captured by the Urukai. Um, they don't find them, and they end up coming to Rohan, where they meet Theoden, who's the king of Rohan. Um, and Merry and Pippin are off with talking trees, the Ents. Um, there's a big battle at Helm's Deep against the Urukai. The Ents come into play. They defeat Saruman. And at the end, we're kind of left where we were at the end of Fellowship, continuing the story. Um, and will the ring be destroyed? Question mark. <laughs> <laughs> With three seconds to spare, that is absolutely amazing. I hope good that job. good. <laughs> You're getting the hang of it now. Oh, man, I forgot about, well, I no spoilers, but I forgot about Gandalf's return, but you can't. You can't spoil that one if you're pitching it to somebody. So That is yeah, true. That yeah. is true. Yeah, that's... Uh, 
I did. Okay. When I was in the theater, <laughs> I did not expect that because like, you know, they, Peter Jackson did it so masterfully too, mm-hmm. because in the dialogue, it's like the white wizard, the white wizard. And we know the white wizard from the original movie, Saruman, mm-hmm. who betrayed Gandalf. He dresses in all white. Yeah. And it's Gandalf. He came back. He's resurrected. Perfected. Gandalf the White. I come back to you now at the turn of the tide. Oh, it's so good. (laughs) Again, you know, Aragorn, it cannot be. They're just like, what? You know, the white light. Oh, it's so good. Yes. And we talked about it last time, but like, um, that's like a, there's, oh my God, there's so much biblical like imagery going on. Because like you have... Gandalf, who is resurrected, mm-hmm. you know, Jesus. Um, and then near the end of the movie, during the Battle of Helm's Deep, he returns again on a white horse. Oh, yes, yes. <laughs> Which mirrors, like, uh, when Jesus comes back in Book of Revelation. But getting back to the story, there's a lot going on with this one. There's, like, three plot lines going, while the first one really had one. So it's a little right. bit more complex. Yep. Yeah, we split off. Um, yeah, you've got, you know, you start off with Frodo and Sam, and then you've got Merry and Pippin, and then Aragorn, Gimli, Legolas, Rohan, you know, yes. all those all those peeps, um, and Gandalf, you know. Um, so, yeah, it's it branches. And I feel like if you're not familiar with the story, like, I mean... I think by now a lot of people kind of know the gist of a Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Um, Ring, Gollum, <laughs> my yeah. precious. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's a little bit difficult to follow. And it's almost like a Game of Thrones situation where there's so mm. many characters now being introduced mm. where you could just be like, wait, who is that? And what are they doing? Like, right. especially with, I feel like more so with the um, the Aragorn, Legolas, Gimli, um, storyline because you have them again you have Gandalf then you have Theoden you have his son Theodred who you know doesn't stick around too long spoiler um, <laughs> he's you know he's brought back you know he was wounded in battle um, and then he eventually passes then you have Eowyn Eomir Grima Wormtongue you know there's all these oh all these people um yeah, so Gloin, Bloin. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Gambling. Um yeah. yeah, so there's all these different people being in so I could it's almost like a Game of Thrones thing where you're like, wait a minute, who are they? And like what house okay. do they belong to? Who's uh, House of Frodo. <laughs> Is Frodo the king in the north? I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I totally relate to that because up until I guess this viewing the Rohan side storyline did not understand what was going on. Yeah, yeah. And I guess it's because I always watch a theatrical version. And this is like my first, actually, let me sit down and watch the extended cuts. And I'm like, oh my God, it makes sense now because like you have the the full storyline going on. Yeah. While in the theatrical, it's like spliced and like Mm -hmm. a lot of stuff is like omitted. Yeah, especially, um, I mean... Now, I, I like, I can't even remember what the theatrical release is like, because once I watched Extended, I was like, oh, there's no going back. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's no more, like, shortened version. It's your four hours or nothing. <laughs> so. It's a very aggressive runtime. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And I think, what, Return of the King's, like, five hours long? Almost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I'm, I'm going to admit something. <laughs> <laughs> it took me three sittings to get through, uh. Two Towers. Like, like, like the extended? Yeah, like I watched okay. the first half mm-hmm. in one sitting. And I was like, okay. And then another hour. And then I thought I had another hour left, but it was like, I think like 30 <laughs> minutes because the credits are so long. Right, right. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I mean, it's, you definitely need a day. Like, okay. Clear out a day to watch this movie. Yeah. I, I make it a point to do a marathon of all three at least once a year if I can. Um, and we have to like, we always split it into two days. So it's either like fellowship two towers day one, Mm. like you start super early and then you finish Mm. the next day with return of the King. But like you said, return of the King's like five hours. So, you know, you're spending most of the day watching. Um, but yeah, like, like I was saying with the extended, 
it's it does piece together so many missing parts that the theatrical release leaves you like being like a head scratcher like wait a minute why did mm. that happen or how did we get to that point especially yeah. i think a lot of aragorn's story is filled in through the extended um because he's like mm-hmm. dreaming about arwen every five minutes you know and then <laughs> yeah. eowyn's like oh i kind of have a crush on you and he's like leaning her on i'm like you jerk <laughs> you got a woman back home <laughs> waiting for you um <laughs> yeah that's funny but yeah that uh, like like you said it's you know there's a lot to be filled in um if you don't watch the extended versions yeah because like I was so confused with the Rohan storyline. I was like, what is happening? There's a king and he's like dying. And like, there's this guy looks like Snape. Very confusing. (laughs) And then with the extended cut, it like, you know, gives you the full story. And that's like my favorite plot line in the whole movie. Mm -hmm. I think it's Mm -hmm. like, it's very like, oh my, it's like Game of Thrones where it's like, there's like Sauron who's using this uh, weirdo Igor type guy as like his little pawn and he's like influencing the king of Rohan to do his bidding and mm-hmm. it's very I like it. Yeah. It's yeah. very intricate. And like you were saying with the you know, the biblical references, like I feel like the Grima Wormtongue character is almost like the devil or like Satan, like oh, whispering. Yes. Yes. You know, he whispers it to Jesus's ear, he tries to mm-hmm. tempt him. Um so that's yeah. like that's what that reminded me of. I mean Saodin mm. is not really the, you know, the Jesus um character per se i think it's more mm-hmm. like you said with gandalf and like aragorn you know mm-hmm. return of the king we see that but yeah i like i noticed that as nice. a parallel it's like oh yeah it's almost like the devil tempting and you know trying to steer him um you know to do to do wrong and you know yeah. to harm um to bring harm to you know his people so that's a really good observation and the character's like dressed in all black, mm-hmm. looks mm-hmm. looks evil. And I like how when he's under his spell, essentially, the king is very decrepit, very like old. It looks his eyes are gray. Yeah. Uh, his beard is all white. He doesn't even and like then, speak. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he's, he's just like, silent. Fully corrupted and fully like like dying in the presence of evil. And once Aragorn comes to Rohan sees what's happening and busts in with Gandalf is when the spell's broken mm-hmm. and he like becomes a new man. He's like rejuvenated, becomes mm-hmm. younger and you know, back to his former glory. And mm-hmm. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I, I love that moment. Like when you see, you know, Gandalf, well, I, uh, it's always a funny line when Grima Wormtongue's like, I told you to take the wizard staff. And, <laughs> you know, it's like, this is my walking stick. Yes. Um, yes. Like, psych. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, you know, when he has the, the staff and he's like pinning him against the chair and, you know, he's mm-hmm. fighting and he's like, Rohan, you know, you know, it's Saruman speaking to him. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's like, Rohan is mine. And he, you know, they're just struggling back and yes. forth. And then finally, you know, you know, it's broken. And then you yeah. see that transformation, which still holds up to this I day. It great. Yeah, it still holds up. Um, and then I love the moment when he turns to Eowyn and he looks at her because she's like, what what just happened? You know, <laughs> she's like, who are these people? What the heck just happened? But, yeah. you know, Theoden turns to his niece and he says, I know, I know your face. Like, oh, it's such a good moment. And then, you know, we have, we'll talk about it, you know, with the return of the king. But there's that moment later on where they have that same, like, oh, like, I know your face. And mm-hmm. it's just such a, it's such a good connection between those two, those mm-hmm. two characters. Mm. It's great. Yeah. So good. So speaking of the special effects, it definitely does hold up because it's real. It's like mostly like makeup and prosthetics on these people. Yeah. And like, there's very minimal CGI. I mean, it's like CGI fest almost with like Helm's deep, but it's almost forgiving because like it's interspliced with like these close-ups of like people in costume, in prosthetics, like actually doing stuff yeah. on screen. And I think that's what makes it hold up so much more than the Hobbit per se, mm-hmm. where it's just, blue screen green screen yeah the entire time it's it's kind of weird because it's almost like 
a flip like with how Star Wars was, right? Like George, mm. the prequels, it was all like, oh, yep. oh, oh, I've got all CGI. I'm just going to like green screen everything, you know? So like all the clones mm-hmm. are digitally put in. Whereas yep. now, like every, almost everything is practical. You know, they yeah. actually get like extras for stormtroopers or whatever mm-hmm. it might be. The practical like effects you said with the makeup. I mean, the uruk are, they're pretty terrifying. Yeah. Like, if I, yeah. like, walked into my house and saw one of those things stand there, I'd be like, whoa, get me out of <laughs> You know what I mean? It's <laughs> So it's like, you know, when they when they capture Merry and Pippin, like, you can kind of, you know, they really are able to convey that fear. Yeah. Like, these, like, monsters are, you know, carrying me, essentially, to yeah. to my death. You know, they think that, you know, they think that yeah. they have the ring. Um, right. Because, you know, Saruman's like, halfling you know little people find them and take them to me and right. he doesn't know which one of them has it but he knows somebody is carrying it so yes yeah man flesh yes yeah. <laughs> what is it <laughs> what do you smell man flesh <laughs> yeah like oh it just yeah. makes your skin crawl and i love that like main orakai background character that they have the guy with like the sunken eyes and he's like kind of looks sad and he's like this oh, i just love his makeup the one who wants to um he wants to eat them when they get to yes. the campsite uh yes his name is grishnok yeah and <laughs> he was such a prominent character in the first two movies that he went to i think like an after party uh with like the characters mm-hmm. or the actors i should say and no one recognized him because he was out of makeup yeah yeah and he was kind of sad about it yeah <laughs> But it's but it's amazing how they can make them all look so different, like mm-hmm. too, you know, especially like differentiating the orcs from the urukai, because you know the orcs are just like these little, again like gangly, just kind of like they almost like crawl, whereas the urukai are you know these beefed up beefed up versions of oh, the right, orcs, right. and they're they're yes. a lot more intimidating than you know the regular orc armies. Um, mm. You know, you have the one with like the, I like to call it, the, well, he, well, that one, he died in the end of Fellowship, but the one that has mm-hmm. like, I call it the Ariana Grande ponytail on the top of his head. Uh, seven rings. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, oh my God. But yeah, the effects are just, I mean, like, I think with Andy Circus and like Gollum, that was mm-hmm. one of the first mocaps ever used. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I mean, Andy Circus is, just oh, he's just amazing with everything that he does he's a treasure he's, yeah he knows he knows how to do his stuff yeah so i'm glad you bring up Gollum because that is kind of the elephant in the room with this movie because like we get our first real introduction to Gollum, and like two towers is like the Gollum movie because mm-hmm. we really uh see him in this movie and i don't know if it's like the the version i saw on HBO Max, which I guess is the 4K one. I don't know if they Ooh. like retexturized Gollum, but like he looks good. Yeah. He looks real. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen, I've seen like side by side photos of some of the 4K shots, but I haven't actually watched it. But everybody says the same thing. Like everything just like is so crisp. much more like, yeah, like crisp, vibrant, and like real. Um, nice. But. Yeah, I mean, Gollum, like I said, you watch it today, that's what, almost 20, yeah, 20 years ago. Wow. And it still looks amazing. Um, so Weta's, Weta is, they know oh, yeah. their stuff. <laughs> it's... And since you brought up Star Wars before, uh, with the prequels being so digital reliance, George, I don't know if he's salty or <laughs> he's very proud of Jar Jar Binks, but he was like, you know, you wouldn't have Gollum if we didn't do Jar Jar. And he's like very, very, very adamant about that. He's like, you know, I pioneered it with a motion <laughs> capture. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, but I think weren't they around like the same time, though? Because they started filming uh, Lord of the Rings because they filmed all three. Yeah. Um, In New Zealand within mm-hmm. like almost two years. And I think they started in like end of 98 all throughout 99. And into 2000. So I guess. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. The Phantom Menace would have been, what, 97? So, like, I guess um, George Lucas was right, but, like, not by much. Yeah. I mean, you look at the two... Again, you're, they're probably both using different technologies too. I mean, yeah. so you have industrial light and magic, which is, I mean, it for the time though. If you think about it, like it was pretty like remarkable. Mm-hmm. Um, it's amazing, you know. Even like with things like the pod racing and all of that. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just it's interesting to see how, like now with Star Wars prequels, you're it's uh, a little dated. But Lord of the Rings, it's you know the 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 CGI and all the digital effects. You're still like, whoa, yeah. that's yeah. Yeah, I will say the pod race scene in the first Star Wars, visually, is remarkable. Mm-hmm. Like, can you believe that? A lot of the shots where you think like, oh, that's like real in camera, it's digital, mm-hmm. and it's like, what? Yeah, it's amazing. But going back to Lord of the Rings. Yeah, I mean, the special effects definitely hold up, mm-hmm. and it's absolutely incredible. And with Gollum, I really, I mean, the most famous scene with Gollum where he's talking to himself. Yep. Yeah. That's Andy Serkis flexing his acting chops right there. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's pretty amazing. Um, and it's it gives you almost, I mean, I don't know about other fans, but for me, like, that moment... And then, like, other moments we see where he's, you know, flipping between those two personalities, essentially, it kind of develops this sense of empathy for Gollum. Mm. Um, because you know, like, that he wasn't like this before he found the yes. ring. So you know yeah. that it's the evil that's corrupting him. Mm. So it's kind of like, wow, you feel a little sorry for him because he essentially, like, wants to do the right thing thing but then the ring is so corruptive and powerful that it overrides his uh i guess not desire but you know he wants to help frodo because Mm -hmm. i think Gollum also knows like this thing needs to be destroyed like look what it did to me but at the same time it's you know my my precious you know like he wants Mm. it only for himself and the fact that it's Literally within arm's reach, you know, throughout yeah. the whole movie and then, you know, into Return of the King. And he can't have it. It's like, I can't imagine it's it's torturous for him, you know, because right. like with Frodo, we even see the beginnings of the corruption with him and how it calls to him and it whispers in the black speech. And so mm-hmm. Gollum, who's, you know, um, been sitting with this this object of evil for so long like to finally have it within his sights again it's again you know i think we had said it in the last episode it's almost like a like an addiction you know yes. um i was gonna bring that up yeah and i find it interesting that Gollum was able to shake off that addictive nature of the ring um this corrupting nature and he became smeagol again which is his birth name mm-hmm and I find it interesting that near the end of the movie, he relapses mm-hmm. like yep. an addict. Yep. And he wants the ring to himself again. Yep. Yeah. When he's, because uh, they, well, they meet, um, you know, fast forwarding, they meet Faramir, Boromir's mm-hmm. brother. Yes. Um, 
Great. I'm glad you're bringing them up. Oh, great. Go on. Great scenes there too. Oh, love it. Um, but yeah, <laughs> so they, you know, Faramir ends up, and then, you know, he captures Sam, Frodo, and Gollum. Um, and then, you know, there's some questioning involved. And finally, you know, Frodo's like, hey, I've got this ring. And Faramir's like, oh, the one my brother, like, was sent out to, like, you know, go and, like, destroy. Um, but yeah, then eventually he, he, Faramir lets them go and then they continue on and Gollum's, you know, essentially their tour guide <laughs> through Mordor. Um, cause he's like, I know the way and yeah. Sam and Frodo have no choice but to trust him. Cause otherwise they'd be like, we don't know where we're going, you know? Right. Um, and then right at the end, you know, they're walking ahead and he's like, you know, wa- he's like between the trees and he keeps like looking back at them. And then all of a sudden you hear him say right at the end, she could, she could do it. And you're like, wait a minute, who is he talking about? You know, and he gets that like look in his eyes and you're like, oh, yeah, they're, they're in trouble. (laughs) (laughs) We thought we could trust him, but. Nope. nope. Not at all. Oof. And I, and I love that about Sam like the whole time because he just knows like deep down he's like, he's saying that. He can help us, but I, uh, uh, like this guy right. is not trustworthy at all. Um, but yeah. he know, but again, like Sam knows, like he's at Gollum's mercy essentially because mm-hmm. they don't know how to get there. But right. you know, it's yeah, they're they're basically um, at you know at his at his mercy, and they need to follow his lead. Absolutely. Ooh, so I'm glad you brought up. To go back to Faramir, so they get captured by uh, Faramir and his band of merry men from Gondor. Mm-hmm. So we have Rohan and we have Gondor; these two different uh, human kingdoms, right? They're, are they like rivals in a way too? Um, they're not really rivals. There's just like this kind of—I don't want to say bad blood, but it's almost like this kind of like disbanding of like the two cities that were once like very um, strongly connected because you know it's two big cities of men and then like you hear um like <laughs> there's so much here like you're flip-flopping back and forth with this movie when um when aragorn um well this is return of the king but you know Aragorn says to Theoden, they light the beacons and, you know, Gondor calls for aid. And then Theoden's like, well, where was Gondor when the Westfold fell? Where was Gondor? (laughs) Yeah, so you know there's some kind of rift between Mm -hmm. these two cities. Yeah, and that mirrors human antiquity in our world with, like, Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. Because they they did find those cities, uh, archaeological digs. And they're like two cities, and I don't know if they had rivals, but like they're two like, you know, cities close to each other and like other civilizations. But anyways, getting back to the movie, <laughs> Theramir. I like how he had a distorted view on his brother, um, Boromir, who was a, you know, great man, uh, the the shining light of Gondor. He was like, oh, this, we're going to defeat the Orakai and we're going to take down the Mordor. And then he is summoned to uh, Elrond, and he's forming the fellowship for the ring to destroy the ring. So his brother was under the impression that his brother died, but for noble reasons. He didn't get the full story that Boromir was corrupted by the ring, and then he died um almost by his selfishness that he wanted to kill Frodo mm-hmm. and take the ring for himself. Yep, yep. Yeah, and Sam even like just like gives it to him. He's like, "You want to know why your brother died? He tried to take the ring from Frodo, you know?" <laughs> and he's like, "Whoa, what?" Which is like, what you're doing right now. Yeah, yeah. Yep. For yeah. Gondor. Because like his father, who the king of Gondor was like, "You need to get the ring." for Gondor. We can use it against the forces of Mordor. Mm-hmm. And he's like, okay. And man, I just love how the same, it's like the same story with like Boromir and then his younger brother. Mm-hmm. It's like the same exact thing. It's like a, the family problem of Gondor is like 
they get susceptible to the ring and then they fall to the allure of this power. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. But we see that Faramir, like he is tempted. Like mm-hmm. he sees it, you know, mm-hmm. and he's kind of like, because we learn in Return of the King that Faramir is not very well liked by his father. And Boromir was the favorite brother of the two. So Cain and Abel. Yeah, yep, exactly, <laughs> yep. And, you know, he sees Frodo with the ring and he's like, that's that's what my brother was sent out for. Maybe if I maybe if I'm the one to bring it back to my father, then maybe my father will finally love me and accept uh-huh. me. But uh-huh. but but what I love is that Faramir is able, like Aragorn, to say, no, I know that this is not the right thing to do and that this ring can't be used as a weapon because it's so it's so evil. And that's why, you know, eventually he in secret lets them go. Um yeah. He lets Frodo Sam and I think with Gollum he's like should I ki-? I think he asked Frodo like should I kill him and Frodo's like no he's our guy like we need him mm-hmm. and then you know then he's like okay you know take him with you yeah they're lucky they didn't kill Gollum because he swam in the Forbidden Lake oh yeah that's oh yeah that's right the Forbidden the the pool yep yep yeah <laughs> he sings the song with the fish yes. <laughs> Oh, and then like the archers are all around him, mm-hmm. like ready to kill him. Like, no, stop. yeah, don't do it. But I really love the motif of like, so Tolkien is such a masterful storyteller because he took the motif of the dueling brothers, Cain and Abel, Thor and Loki. You know, mm-hmm. you just you guys just talked about Loki, yep. uh, WSDR. Um, he takes that motif and then he changes it up because like it's not like obviously. Theramir wants to be like his brother Boromir who is like perfect son in the eyes of his father so he's like jealous and wants to uh, win the favor of his dad by getting the ring but um, Tolkien flips that by having the brother die not by the hands of Theramir but by by his own hands Mm -hmm. like because of his own wrongdoing and Boromir ended up not being that perfect son because he was just human Mm -hmm. at the end of the day and he died of his own, you know, ill will. Yeah, I love the dynamic between, you know, the two of them. Like, you don't really, you don't see interaction unless you watch, again, the extended, there's, you know, that filler um, scenes. But, like, they go back to a time when, like, Faramir and Boromir are at, uh, I don't remember if it's Minas Tirith or Osgiliath, which is the city across from Minas Tirith, like, across yes. the river. But mm-hmm. they just defeated, like, they just won a battle. And, like, you see the two of them. And, like, they yeah. love, like, Faramir and Boromir, like, they love each other. They do. Yes. But then once, like, Denethor, their father, gets in the middle of them, like you said, like, Faramir feels this this jealousy. And it's like, mm-hmm. what? Like, what What did I do? Why can't I be like Boromir? I do everything mm-hmm. that you ask of me, father. But it's never good enough for you. Right. You know? Right. Um, but that's definitely, like more unpacked in Return of the King once we actually meet mm. Denethor. Because, you, again, you know there's something, that something's going on, but you're yeah. not exactly sure until you realize, like, you meet Denethor and you're like, that guy's crazy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, like, watching the extended for the first time, I was like, well, what? This is not in, this is like a brand new scene. This yeah. is like completely, why did they cut it out of the movie? Yeah. I blame Harvey Weinstein. He was in the credits, by the way. Yeah. Harvey Weinstein. Yeah. Probably Harvey was like, it's too long. Yeah. Oh, that piece of shit. Yep. He, he tried. He had, he almost ruined the Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. Thank God he didn't. Yeah. I'm surprised <laughs> they haven't plucked his name out, but. You have to pluck his name out of a lot of movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'd be watching a movie. And I'm like, well, that was a good movie. Oh, uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Anyways, so talking about the ending of the movie with Helm's Deep and what happened afterwards, I just love how there's just something. And I thought, you know, you watched Game of Thrones, right? Mm-hmm. So season two, Battle of Blackwater Bay, where uh, King Joffrey, who seizes the throne after, quote, his father, Robert Baratheon dies. 
and he abandons his troops during the siege mm-hmm. by Stannis Baratheon. And I love how I, I just saw the glimmer. I was like, that's where George R. Martin got that idea from, was because of Helm's Deep, where you have the king in his armor fighting alongside his troops. It's just so inspiring. It's like, oh, that's a true king right there. Mm-hmm. He's like willing to die for his subjects. And Game of Thrones is like, nope, he's a coward. Yep. The yeah. king's a coward. Yeah. Yeah, it is actually, like, I actually never noticed, like, how it kind of, both battles mirror each other. Because there is, like, that physical wall, right? Like, Helm's mm-hmm. Deep, you have the whole castle, fortress, um, protective, you know, wall. And then the Blackwater, yeah. you have the ships coming in. And then, obviously, you have, like, the, the fortress near King's Landing. Um right. But yeah, you're right. I mean, and even, but even there is a moment in the Battle of Helm's Deep when Theoden is ready to like throw in the towel um, because, you know, the the one Urukai with the, like the Olympics flame comes running in, you yes. know, and blows up the wall. Um, and, you know, they swarm in and that's when it's like hope is, you know, hope is being lost. Like people are starting, the soldiers are starting to give up and they lock themselves in the keep and, you know, Aragorn's trying to, you know, rally people, do whatever he can. And Theoden's, you know, just kind of like moping around, brooding. And he's, you know, Aragorn's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, this is, these are your people. Like, you need to, you need to lead. And, you know, Theoden, the famous, what can men do against such reckless hate? And then, <laughs> but, but here's, but here's like, oh, this is such a great part. And then, you know, Aragorn, he, and then he thinks about Gandalf says, you know, look to my coming at light of the, the third. Oh, yes. Is it the third day? I think it's the third. It's the third the day. The third yeah. day. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there another biblical reference, yes. right? Yes, yes, yes. Um, <laughs> you know, look to my coming, the light of the third, dawn of the third day. And then Aragorn sees the light coming through the, the window. He's like, ride, ride out and meet them. And he finally gets Theoden, like, snap, like, dude, snap out of it. Like, come on. Like, we, like, the the fate of Middle Earth is on our shoulders right now. Like, we mm-hmm. can't let them win. And then, you know, of course, they, they ride out and, you know, they're slaying all the orcs down the bridge. And then you see the the light with Gandalf. Yes. And, oh, it's just so good. And then Aomir with the Rohirrim. And, oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. That's so badass. Where they're, like, oh. going down, like... Uh, the ramp and they're just killing all yes. the works. So cool. So like quick side note. So when I saw okay. that with the live orchestra, I was actually sobbing because it was just so amazing to again hear it live. Mm-hmm. Right. And because you have like the you know the violins and yeah. and then the cho- and then the choir, you know, I don't know who the singer is, but that one singer who has that such that high pitched voice that they mm. use in a lot of the a lot of the um the you know the music um but i was like legitimately sobbing i think the woman next to me was probably like what is wrong with this girl <laughs> you know? like, you're vibing i was just like oh this is so good it's beautiful you know wow. just to feel but, the emotion through them through the instruments yeah through yeah. the the soprano singing yeah i mean i feel you yeah. like i was feeling i I was feeling the emotion just watching it on screen, but like having that orchestra before you playing it live. Oh, I could just, I can only imagine how epic that is. And then it's, and then it's so cool how, you know, they're coming down that, that big hill and, you know, the orcs are, you know, they're facing them and then the light hits and all of a sudden, like, I love how Peter Jackson portrayed that with like the fear, like they're all of a sudden they're like, oh like we are screwed right now and then just right. you know the rover and just barrel through and and you know like oh okay we're good we're, we're okay now <laughs> everybody's gonna <laughs> be fine you know yeah and 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 then don't forget too you have the other battle going on at isengard with the ends right and right. for me this is also I mean, every 30 seconds, I'm like, this is my favorite part of the movie. But <laughs> it's, you know, um, you have the Ents and it's this message of nature versus, you know, in- industry. industry. Mm. Um, and I love the part when, 
you know, Merry and Pippin see what's going on in Isengard from, Fang, you know, Fangorn. And they're like, whoa, like, this is not, you know, he's, Saruman is just destroying. Like, the darkness is just starting to take over. And Mary is like, you have to do something. This is your land. Like, these are your, you know, this is your world. And, you know, they have the end moot. And in the book, it's like months long because um, it takes the ends like weeks just to say like one sentence. But obviously, for movie purposes, they shorten it. <laughs> um, but, you know, Mary's like, OK, so like, what's your decision? And then Treebeard says, you know, we have decided to not, you know, not go to war. Um, we can't, we can't fight this fight. Um, this is not, essentially he's like, this is not our war. And Mary gets, for the first time we see Mary get really like worked up and he's like, but you're part of this world, aren't you? Right. You know, and right. Treebeard is kind of like taken, you know, almost taken aback, but they still decide at that moment, like, we're not going to fight. And then, you know, eventually um, Treebeard sees what Saruman is doing and how he's destroying the forest. And he yeah. said, many of those trees were my friends, you know, and then I've known them since they were acorns. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then Treebeard's pissed. And then he's like, OK, like, nope, like not having it. And then the Ents go to work. Another great scene with yeah. the score. Oh, cried at that part, too. <laughs> But I love that because it shows how, and I think how we were talking about parallels to a lot of things that are happening in, you know, in the world, we see forest fires, um, mm. droughts, temperatures rising, flooding, you know, eventually like the earth is gonna, the earth is gonna come back at us. You know, I, I think that the planet has its own ways of, trying to like essentially shake humans off of it because right. we do so much damage and the planet is mm -hmm. a living, it's a living thing. Um, right. You know, and I, I love how Tolkien portrays that, like that, you know, the Ents seeing all of this destruction and darkness and evil and they're like, nope, we've had enough. And they, you know, they retaliate, they come back and they defeat Saruman. So don't mess with Mother Nature, people, because the Earth is a lot stronger than you know That's we right. think it to be. Um, but I, I love that that message, um, you know, Absolutely. that he that he sends with that. Yeah, and I like how you put it. And the Earth has been here for billions of years. It's, it has been here way before us, mm -hmm. and it's going to be here after us. Yep. Like we need to see the world. Like we are not, it's not us and nature. We are a part of nature. Mm -hmm. We are a part of the ecosystem. It's not like us and animals and trees and the planet. We are all one giant organism. And once we see the world like that, I think we would treat the world a lot differently than how we're treating it now. Yeah. So I yeah. think, yeah, a little subtle message in there, but a very important message. Yeah. Yeah. And he was, Tolkien was big on that because, you know, that was during his time, the industrial um, boom of things. And, you know, he saw the destruction of how technology and industry with World War One, mm, um, right. you know, so right. a lot of that is portrayed in, in his writings. Um, yeah, yeah, that's I, I just that's one of my favorite, favorite things about the two towers is seeing the ends, how they're like, no, nah, like we're you know, we're not going to we're not going to be a part of this. And then, you know, it takes little halflings you know um the, right. even the smallest person can change the course of the world so it's Ooh, yeah love that absolutely yep. love that yeah and they defeat saruman and i love at the end mary and pippin's like oh we're hungry <laughs> and then they they find uh some apples they're like oh and then they find the weed the finest pipe weed in all of middle earth <laughs> yeah they're ready to like chill for a while <laughs> Uh, so good so good so Carla we talked about the two towers and to close the show we like to do one reason why what is the one reason you give somebody to watch the two towers um I would say there's a lot of great messages you know given through this movie 
again, we go from the lighter side of the Fellowship of the Ring into the Two Towers, where I think we're digging a lot more into uh, parallels, like we were saying, of real world issues. And, um, you know, we get more character development, obviously. Um, you know, we get to learn more about each of them and how the story progresses. But um, I would say, you know, it's just a great movie to to watch and just really dig deep into, again, the message that Tolkien and, and Peter Jackson are trying to give to us. Um, you know, I mean, uh, again, uh, there's so many great speeches and quotes <laughs> in this one, but like, oh, yeah, I, I love Samwise's speech um, at the end, you know, by oh, rights. We shouldn't even be here, you know? Um, it's like in the great stories, the ones that mattered, um, how could they end? How could they uh, How could they end and be happy? How could everything go back to the way it was when so much bad had, had happened? And I think to hear that now, like after, you know, over a year of, of this pandemic and, you know, so many awful things that, you know, this, world has gone through it, it is it's like how is how are things going to go back to the way that they were you know right will they right. hopefully <laughs> but again um yeah sam's speech is it just really like hits home um yeah. so i got chills when you said that yeah it's and i will admit i cried when i oh, when i saw that scene yeah anything with sam wise up just automatically just like a waterfall it's just like oh, it's so <laughs> yeah yeah Perhaps there'll be great stories about them one day. Frodo, oh, I can't forget about you, Sam. Oh, oh, oh so good. So yeah. my one reason why is echo your statement, which is such great storytelling from Tolkien and Peter Jackson masterfully displayed it on screen in the form of a movie. Mm -hmm. And you can really tell that Peter Jackson has such a passion and love for these books and yeah, like has so much symbolism embedded within it. Like Peter Jackson definitely understands the Lord of the Rings and I could see why he would want to make movies out of them. So my one reason why is Tolkien as masterful storytelling. Agreed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. But that's it for this time on Syndicate. We hope you enjoyed yourself. We've been talking about The Two Towers by Peter Jackson. Please check it out where it is available. And now I'd like to take a moment to thank my guest, Carla, for coming on to the show. Thank you so much for having me again. This is always, I, I, you know, I love talking about this and unpacking, um, you know, Tolkien and Lord of the Rings. It's really just, it's such a joy for me. Um, it's something that I love so much and it means a lot. So thank you for allowing me to, you know, Absolutely. spew my love for it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, I can, I can definitely tell that you are so in love with these books. Like, oh my God, the story is so, so good. And I can tell just by the way you talk about these scenes that 
it's a meaningful uh, story for you. Would you like to come back for the Return of the King? Of course, I gotta, I gotta finish it off. Of course, awesome. yeah. <laughs> Carla will return in the Return of the King. <laughs> <laughs> But if you'd like to keep this conversation going, please add us on your favorite social media platform at Syndicate, that is C-I-N-E-D-I-C-A-T-E, Syndicate on Instagram, Twitter, and Letterboxd. Have questions or film recommendations? Please email us at Syndicate, as info at Syndicate.com, or visit the website Syndicate.com. And until next time, stop that scroll and spend more time watching. Goodbye. <laughs>